How you like to get fucked, man? I like it like I like to get long dick from the side with one leg up in the air. So you use my leg like a stabilizer bar. This is Foam Freeze. I want to suck your dick. What huh? was that? Huh? I want to suck your I'm dick. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. God damn it, I said I want to suck your dick. I'm, I'm sorry, it's a connection or something. My wife's next to me. <laughs> He's got a cool man, voice man, modulator. No, period, yeah. man. I was going to say it sounds uh, very, it like, CB. We'll all be working for you. Sounds very uh, South Park, uh, the guy uh, with the trach hole. Oh, no. I was thinking, like, trucker. What's his name, Ned? Down here in Texas, we don't fuck around. No, he's, that's not a voice. <laughs> he's fucking around, isn't he? We don't, don't fuck know. around. Because <laughs> he's throwing the Billy Bob Thornton yeah, at the end. So I am sling blading it. Okay, why Chicago time I ain't gonna blow the whole city of Atlanta, oh. and then you talking shit, boy, behind the whole ciabatta bread or the city man, of Atlanta? Bro, you don't know a damn thing about me, nigga. I, I reckon no Atlanta is, a, is uh, Atlanta is like the New York City of the South. It sounds like he's giving like T-shirt sound bites from like a a truck stop in Buffalo. <laughs> New York City of the South. You're not even gonna give it to Miami. You're gonna give that to Atlanta. There's almost no big buildings in Atlanta. from Chicago. Oh oh. I said something going on now. They weren't private. They were phone boning. Good old Damn, phone bone. You know that shit. Because <laughs> the Curtis was all bragging about it. Wow. So that is true then. He tried yes, to talk to somebody gay. Nigga, he the one gay. Wow. He's an undercover freak. Yes, sir. <laughs> Damn, that's it just seems like somebody's cool. just trying out sound bites, hey, that nigga in a <laughs> and they're all just real really real weird and not catchy. <laughs> nah, he really paralyzed. <laughs> that's a sound bite. <laughs> nah, he's really uh, paralyzed. Nah, I can't tell you nothing. Listen to the, here, here comes oh. another one. <laughs> oh, it's gone. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> he was he was just turning it on. He was figuring it out. <laughs> this is Jay Chris Newberg, and you heard me on the Phone Freaks podcast. So, um, since you're you're of an older generation, how do you feel about all this cancel culture bullshit? Um, Maybe I shouldn't have po- poised it in that way. <laughs> no, no, Sorry, I'm, tipping, I'm tipping it. <laughs> um. I think, I mean, the whole concept, I mean, cancel culture is aggressive, obviously. And in certain situations, certain, certain situations, it probably applied, you know, and in other situations, it's a little preposterous as far as, 
it creates like platforms and platitudes that human beings are unable to achieve. Like no one's perfect. You know what I mean? And like, even in religion, they give you like, did you shoot up a school? You did. All right. Sit in this room and say three, our fathers, two Hail Marys and you're fine. Here's your penance. You didn't kill a priest. So you're okay. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, even in religion, you're given us opportunity to fail. I don't know. It's like the mo the majority of people, I mean, how how old are you? How, man, I'm, I'm 44. Great. Okay. And I would assume that you're younger than that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the majority of us, when we're younger, we're fuck-ups. I mean, like, who doesn't fuck up in your 20s and, like, in your in your teens? It's like, not. and when I say fuck up, I don't mean not something diabolical, but, like, we're all capable of idiotic things. I mean, I set a building on fire. Nice. That's awesome. It's been over 10 years, so I'm good on the statute of limitations. <laughs> it was accidental. Come on. Did you watch it burn? Yeah. There's nothing that anybody could do. There wasn't enough water. Did you have, did you have a firebug face? <laughs> a what? Did you have a firebug face? I had a, I had mononucleosis, so I was like, face when I was watching it. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, I mean, did you go through a period of time where you lit a bunch of stuff on fire? Your pyro period. Oh, yeah, I'm still there. Really? (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, like everybody, like I I, I saw an interview and somebody was talking to Anthony Kiedis and and they said, Anthony used to sing all of, used to sing about all of this sexist shit and all of these different choices and had blah, blah, blah. He's like, what do you think about that? And, And he said, well, I was who I was when I was that guy. Well, I mean, for me, the craziest part is, like, if you go back through history, cancel culture was coming from the older people, the fuddy-duddies that mm-hmm. didn't get it. Yeah. And now it's coming from the youth. And you're like, what What are you talking? Why are you guys trying to cancel your peers? Yeah. And then cancel the people that pay all the bills. Like- <laughs> the, the part that I think, um, like, confuses me the most is that people are canceling people for something that they said like 15 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if 15 years ago they didn't get in trouble for saying that, then that was acceptable then. I understand if they were to be like, I still stand by that today. Then like, okay, that's a little questionable, but you can't, you can't be like, Oh, when you were younger, you said this and now today that's inappropriate. So I'm not supposed to say anything today because in 30 years Mm -hmm. it could be inappropriate. Like that's not fair. Yeah. I think that'll pop. I think the people, I mean, it's, it's, it's exhausting to be irritated by everything constantly. It must be. Oh yeah, we gotta drain the lizard today, baby. Oh, drain the lizard. Gotta, gotta get that poison out, baby. Can't leave that in your system, you know. It's not good. Mhm. How you going about getting it out? <laughs> I gotta milk it, baby. Somebody's gotta milk it. Milk the lizard. Uh-huh. <laughs> We gotta nurse it, baby. Milk my manatee. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Mm hmm. 
some things require extra attention, babe. <laughs> What's with the affectation, babe? It's like the Woody Harrelson character when he was the prostitute in that one movie. Starla. Oh, it was the Adam Sandler movie. Anger management. Sorry. What can I do for you, baby? <laughs> Good flexibility. Oh, yeah. that's a lot of pressure on the knee. <laughs> Come tap. Really, really like, flexible hips. Do they have like ballet bars the in their bedroom? Throwing their leg up onto. It appears that way. In the inside. I guess that's also that's a lot of pressure on your plant leg when you've got someone just going balls deep with your leg in the air. And it's a side pressure because there's got to be a point of bliss or joy where this guy loses his southern accent and no longer says baby. Like he's got to break character. Oh, God damn it, that feels good. Yeah, he's got to break character. Yeah. How big you are? I play all positions, baby. I'm packing. Sounds like he's cleaning his microwave. Oh, yeah, I like everything. Nine point seven five just under nine point seven five inches. That's so specific. I gotta strap it down. It's like you don't understand. I measured I measured on Viagra watching all the porn. That's maximum is nine seven five. That was where it was like stretching my skin to the point of breaking. I couldn't hit ten inches. Can't have Seymour hanging. Maybe they were just told that ten is too big. (laughs) And they're like, all right. Nine seven five. Ten. That's just unbelievable. You, no one's in double digits. Stop it. Also, yeah, it could be a clever rapper who was tired of the ten rhymes and wanted to use the five rhymes. You know, it could be like, "Girl, you ready to come alive with me?" Giving you nine point seven five or like something like that. It's probably different than ten. And I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. <laughs> I'm apologizing for my whole career choice. Gonna make you come alive with my nine point seven five. Yeah, it's it's another sound bite. <laughs> Today's word is battleship. I got a battleship mouth and a battleship ass. Well, you got a lot of mouth, but can't back it up, though. <laughs> oh, I can back my mouth up, nigga. I'm not worried about that. You can't back your mouth up, nigga. I got a battleship mouth and a battleship ass. You got a battleship mouth and a robot ass, nigga. Why, well, shoot the shit out your white ass, nigga. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You gonna kick it at the crib, huh? We a BM as I'm beating the fuck out of you? Oh, uh, you ain't gonna beat nobody, nigga. Hey, I'm yeah, gonna hurt yeah. you, but everybody ever found you, 
And I was like, that'd be so interesting to call in and two people were playing battleships with one another because you can. Sure. You know? Oh my God. I should create a game lobby where people can just do like, hey, you want to play chess? <laughs> I don't think I mean, anyone here is playing chess. Yeah. But yeah, they could play battleship 100%. Yeah. That would be actually pretty sick. Yeah. Um, he was saying, I've got a battleship mouth and a battleship fist or something. Like an angry sailor. Yeah, exactly. So he, he's got a tough mouth, but he has a tough fist to back it up. Mm, he said, like he's not just all bark, no bite. Mm-hmm. Got it. And they said to the other guy, you've got a battleship mouth, but a rowboat fist. <laughs> but it almost sounds like because of how terrible he is at enunciating, it almost sounds like he's saying you are a robo fist. And I think I'd be more scared. <laughs> like, I don't know if your hand is shaped like a battleship. That's probably going to hurt. But a robot fist, that would definitely hurt. Yeah. You got a battleship mouth and a robo fist. Mm-hmm. I don't think nothing, nigga. I know. No, you ain't. You ain't strong with me. You're a nigga. Arm wrestle. Oh. Robo fist will win every time. <laughs> we definitely need to. Um, sorry, brain went dead. I think having the puppets play Battleship through like some kind of sequel, I think that would be hilarious. Maybe we just have one game that goes all season long. And we just break it up into into moves and every episode or once a week a move gets released. That's not how Battleship works. What do you mean? You say stinky bitch. Why couldn't it work like that? Because you need two people. I know. You and I can play Battleship. So we'll have Mams versus CJ. And then just in the middle, you know, instead of the bumpers, every now and every episode, we just have a, one of us calls out the move and we see what we're hitting and that's it. And we just play, we play Battleship and then spread it across the episodes. For sure. We could do that. What don't, you, don't you think the Instagram videos of the Battleship game would be hilarious? That's our Tuesday. Nigga, come on, your mama was retired like you, nigga. Your mama gave pussy away and shit. Then the fucking food away. Does anyone give pussy away? No, trade maybe. There's always some kind of exchange, right? Yeah. 
Even when you're first dating someone, but in high school, when no one has money, you're still the guy is still paying for the dates before the like you're having sex. It's because you're not a. Yeah, his parents are basically buying, subsidizing. Oh my god, the parents are uh, buying hookers for their son without, without letting them know, because most relationships don't get abusive until after the sex. I don't know. I don't know about that. Really? Yeah. I think it's still mentally abusive. But isn't the isn't the sex the thing that allows it to escalate? Because then the guy is like, oh, I don't have to be nice anymore. I've been through the door. I'll get back in. And then the girl's like, oh, God, I did already fuck him. What's it going to hurt me to fuck him again? Like, I don't want to be a whore. Because isn't that a, a big pressure, at least here in the States, for... Young ladies, once you have sex with someone, it's like, then you end up in the sunk cost fallacy of it. Mm, I don't know. Yes and no. But also, oops, I think it's also like once somebody says, I love you, then they use that as like a defense to saying mean or rude things to you. Oh, I can tell you you're a piece of shit because I love you. Yeah. Or like, oh, you would never do better than me. But good thing I love you. <laughs> good thing I'm dating you. Good thing I'm here because you could never get better than me. But then where, how do you get to that fine line? Because I've now been, I wasn't labeled abusive during my marriage, but now that I'm coming out of the marriage and somebody's, you know, you try to spin narratives. Where do you draw the line between I've asked you nicely and you've ignored my requests, you know, because then communication breaks down and frustration erupts and there might be the raising of a voice, but not after it's like, Hey, can you please help me do the chores around the house? And the person says, yeah, I'll help. And then they just don't. Mm -hmm. So when like, I don't want to say that anything's justified, but where, where is that line between when you're being abused from the other end by the person yesing you to death and then not doing what they said they were going to do? So breaking the agreements and essentially just lying to your face, because that's equally abusive to me. Mm-hmm. So where does, I guess it just comes down to drawing the boundary and then walking away. Yeah. So is it abusive when you um, have reactionary? Oh, that's, you know what? That's probably a good one. If you're reactionary, is that abusive? Mm, no, because obviously they're probably just doing something to trigger you mm-hmm. to get that response so that they can then Turn it back on you. So they have the power. They're just maintaining power through manipulation. Mm-hmm. So then reactionary people, because the thing is, is even in sports, uh, the person that reacts is almost always the one that gets called for a penalty or a foul. So you'll have somebody doing cheap shots and like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to tap you in your nuts mm-hmm. or elbow you to your face because the mm-hmm. ref's not looking. Mm-hmm. And then it pisses you off and you shove mm-hmm. and then you're the one that gets in trouble. Mm-hmm. So it's just all these dirty people, dirty plays, Mm -hmm. 
And then that works in the relationships too. Yep. <sighs> oh, um, I don't know what to call him. Uh, let's just call him uh, Senor Lou. Uh, Dreadmouse friend. Deadmouse friend. Sorry, not Dreadmouse. Deadmouse buddy. And I was on the phone with him. He's been divorced twice. And he said he does not believe that if he gets married a third time and he's considering it, he does not believe that he would get a prenup. He's like, ah, I don't, I don't have anything to take. And I was like, you have a house and you make more significantly more money. Like you can just set it up in advance and say, Hey, what you make is yours. What I make is mine. We both agree to put in say 30% of your money into a shared account. So that becomes the marital money. And that way you buy your own stuff. She buys her own stuff. You guys have the commingled funds specifically for the marriage partnership since it is a transaction. Yeah, but okay. So here's the thing with relationships that it took me a really long time to, I guess, come to terms with. Like people like to be like, oh, you go out on dates and then your boyfriend, girlfriend, and then you're monogamous and then you get married and then you have kids. And this is the structure of a relationship. And if your relationship does not follow this structure, then it's not a relationship. But every person has different structures of relationships. So, okay, you may want to do that and you might see that as something that would work for you. But other people, like, their agreements that they have within a relationship, like, that might not make sense to them. Like, they might be like, well, I don't want my significant other to work. So then them putting 30% of $0 into a joint account, like, that doesn't fucking work. Well, and sure, if you have the not working scenario, but he was joking that she's going to be making more money than him one day. Okay, then why would he get a prenup that then would make it so that he can't have any of that money? But we know that he's not good. Okay, I don't know. It's just weird that you would go through something twice. So he's been wiped out twice. And I'm sitting here watching, well, you know, if, I'm getting crashed been, by waves. If he's been wiped out twice, then maybe it's not that big of a thing for him to be like, and I bounce back and look, I'm better than I was before. So what's it matter? Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like that's like everybody tells you that's been through it and we're all dumb. We all sit there and we say, oh, I don't need, yeah, it's different. No, we had a verbal conversation and they agreed and apparently verbal prenups don't matter even when the other person freely admits, yeah, I agreed not to take their shit, but I'm taking the shit. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it's just, it's weird. I don't know. I think. I think every relationship is different. I think every agreement within a relationship is different. And I think that that's why there isn't like a a basic, like, this is what a prenup is. And you need to sign it and you need to sign it. And there's no negotiations on what is what. Like everything, everything is different. And some people like having the written thing and other people just like the adrenaline of, can I fucking trust this person? And is it actually love or are they in it for the money? And like, uh, 
Oh yeah, because we we also know that doctor that's been through it quite a few times. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like he got prenupped Mm-mm. anywhere along the way, even though because yeah. he's on number four. Mm, Five. Technically three, but well, legally four. Legally three, technically four. Oh, the one was religious only. Yeah, so the one was like annulled through religion or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he still had to pay to get away. I mean, I don't know. What am I saying? Uh, my my boyfriend girlfriend relationships have all cost me walk away money as well. See, so what's it? You know, like you just you like to think that it might make it easier when, like, maybe paying the lawyers to have them draw it up and sign it and rewrite it and edit it and all of that. Maybe all that money just isn't fucking worth it. And you'd rather just give it to them oh, and tell them to leave. That's only a few thousand dollars up front though. Uh, that's nothing compared to what it costs after, after the person has leverage. Do you think that it's simply because bullying has been eradicated from the school system? (laughs) So now all of the people that would be using that nervous, anxious energy to fight or hide from the bullies, now they're the bullies. It's just like, oh, no one's keeping me in check. I've got a big brain. I'm going to wreck the world. I mean, I miss bullies. Bullies were great. <laughs> when I was a kid, I got the shit kicked out of me all the time. Yeah, me and, too. I was a bullied a lot. And did you learn so much from it? Mostly when to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so yeah, you, you did. You, you no, did, it you definitely did. look, it made me resilient. When I look at the other people from, when I look at my high school peers and what they've gone on to not achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the miserable lives that they're living, you're like, oh, yeah, everyone's still in the same small town, still doing the same thing. Like, if you had been bullied, you would have said, fuck this. I don't want to be here. Yeah, I'm out. Out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you, it's no good memories for me back there. No, not a chance. And it's just like, it's like when they erase the bullies and all the bad things that have happened, I get it. You don't want it to repeat. But at the same time, people should be aware of it. You know, like bullies and like, you know, all of the things that we pretend never happened and books are getting rid of and all that different shit. I don't know. It's like people, you're, you're not letting people, you're not giving people credit to be able to be smart enough to make the decision for me. Like you're deciding, like people are deciding for us what we can think when we read these books that are, or don't read these books that are burned or it's fucking weird. Yeah. And then it's just, it's heartbreaking. We have, um, you know, we have comedians on in we recently had someone who was talking about, oh, you know, I wanted to do this joke, but then someone told me I'd be punching down. And they're like, what is, what is that even? Like this concept of punching down, everybody is a marginalized group at some point. Like even I'm a tall white guy. At this point in history, I am being marginalized. It is not in my benefit to be a tall white guy at like uh, face value at this moment. Right. It, it served me very well in life. I'm not yeah, going to yeah, take sure. that away. I mean, yeah. I don't know. If you go on a dating app, then. Dating. So with sex. Okay, cool. <laughs> but not with getting a job. Yeah. Fair. So, so it's just like, 
the whole point of comedy is to heal and start discussions and, you know, maybe point out something that doesn't make sense. Hey, educate us. Yeah. And it is hard because text does not reflect tone. So when people read something that they choose to be upset by, they have no idea what the inflection or the intent was <laughs> by how it was written. I was watching, uh, I was watching chimp empire the other day and I do a lot of like word because I work on so many game shows. I do a lot of like puns, wordplay stuff. Like, like, again, I'm not saying it's groundbreaking or funny. A joke example of that would be, I don't understand why there wasn't a show uh, on NBC after chips called salsa because then be like friday nights chips and salsa on nbc like silly no thought i'm not like i win comedy with that joke but it's just like just a random thought but are you kidding me it could be about a housekeeper exactly 100 percent. it could be it could be about whomever it's the new i married dora yeah absolutely it could be whatever it needs to be and then it's like oh fuck let's see uh so then i'm watching i'm watching chimp empire okay and it was great. 100% it was great. And I was like, why isn't it called Chimpire? And then the first thing, I, and like, I, I literally wrote, why isn't it called Chimpire? And then I imagined the people assassinate me in my head on the joke written as a white guy comparing chimps to the cast of Empire, which I was not doing. But in my brain, the second I put that out there, I was like, oh, someone could completely. So I was just like, delete. I don't know, because you can just treat it, since it is essentially a financial transaction, it's a business agreement, which, you know, I think we've talked about it before, the marriage, because women were property, and that's why marriage mm -hmm. exists. Mm -hmm. It's, here's some money, take care of my daughter, and hopefully you guys make some boys so you guys can own property, but she's useless to me. <laughs> so you take her, and... You know, then someone decided that instead of arranged marriages, we were going to attach love to it. But we kept the business part, probably so that the government and all of the attorneys had something that they could fight over, which is why verbal contracts don't matter in marriages. Nothing matters. Like, no rules. It's just, no, it's, it's love. So there are no rules, except we're going to let them come for half of your shit. And if you... Just treat it like, here's your vesting agreement. If you make it this many, like you'll get this much value of stock per year. <laughs> and if they're in it for the money, it's like, whatever, then you're, you're getting to still fuck them while they're in it for the money. And whenever they hit whatever their golden parachute is, they leave and you start that again, but it, you minimize your risk going into it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait for you to be back in it to see how you <laughs> handle it again. I don't know. I definitely, at this point, I cannot see myself doing it again without a prenup. Mm. Also, it's like, I don't, I don't know what the point is of necessarily doing it again, unless the other person's like, I really want to get married and just get married, but not legally. Like if you want the wedding, have the wedding. What the fuck does it matter? Mm. Have the big party. Would a wedding count if, uh, for girls, if they got to do all their dress up, but you're not actually swearing to God that you're going to stay together forever. Mm, I think it's different for females. I think because women have such an expiration date on them in society, like them being like, okay, well, as soon as I'm 35 or 40 or you know 45 or whatever 
the the number is like okay if we're just boyfriend girlfriend then you just throw me out and then you get another one but at least if we're married maybe I have a couple more years to figure it out before you toss me (laughs) because of the specter of the expensive divorce yeah so then or maybe you don't ever throw me out and you just cheat on me but then I'm still always taken care of Oh, is that an acceptable path for the majority of women? I don't know. I'm just saying I think that's why That's why the marriage is important. Yeah, really do want the marriage is because like they'll literally just get thrown out for So I really I've thought about that. I don't know if how receptive Blair would have been for I mean, I know she gave me permission. She said, Yeah, if you want to fuck people when I'm gone, fuck people. Like I just don't whatever. You do what you want to do because she was just doing what she wanted to do. Do you think the reality of knowing that your partner is actually fucking people when you're on the road that that's Mm -hmm. something that's sustainable? I think if it's a discussion that you have and an agreement that you have, then you're able to compartmentalize it a yeah, lot because easier. you did, you've, you've done open relationships because mm-hmm. of long distance and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a lot easier to put things in boxes and then devote a certain level of emotional vulnerable vulnerability with somebody once you have like an understanding of like what is what. Hmm. But I don't really know about going from being married and all in to then being like, mm, I guess. Essentially if I'm getting away, permission to cheat. Yeah. But I mean, I guess giving permission and saying you're okay with it, regardless of if you actually are or not, is better than not getting getting or giving permission and then just finding out one day so it hurts somebody's been cheating on you it hurts less you can see how you actually feel about it after it happens because also sometimes giving someone the freedom to do it is all that they need they don't actually want to do it yeah and then you can be like see i was a good partner i told them they can fuck whoever they want Mm -hmm. and then if you're upset with it you can just be like hey we tried that it doesn't work for me but yeah. but then you have to instantly forgive whatever hard feelings that it gave yeah. you mm-hmm. and i feel like the women the wives would just hold on to it and be like yeah what about that that no, poker I, you were with no, you know what i mean i think i think if you say like yeah you can do this and then you're like ooh i know i said that you could do it but now that i've thought about it and i've processed it like i don't feel good about that anymore i think if if you take back, I don't think you're allowed to have hard. Like you're not allowed to hold that against somebody. Oh, remember that thing that I said that you could do and then you did it and then I didn't like it? Well, fuck you for that. It's like. Yeah, it's like getting upset for somebody about the past that they had before they met you. Yeah. And you're like, like, you can't. What? You didn't know me then. We weren't a thing. There was no investment on either of our sides. So you can't. If you want to judge me for it, don't be with me. Yeah. Or somebody being mad at you because you did something in their dream. I was just going to say that one, <laughs> but that shit's real. <laughs> it's real. Right. Okay. You know, yeah. it's like expecting yeah. a small wiener and he pulls it out and he's fucking gigantic. And you're like, oh shit. You know? 
pulls it out and it's fucking gigantic. Fucking gigantic. Apparently he does, because he's gone now. Yeah. She gone. Yeah. I don't get that whole whispering thing. It's like, my wife's right next to me. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Wait, who's stupid <laughs> enough to do that? Oh my god, that's great! Yeah, I guess. Some people, I mean, I do a Chat. Only this line, man. I told everybody I'm taking a shit, but really I wanted to stroke it. Only this line people do that shit. What's that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I go, if I have to keep saying, can you repeat that? Can you repeat that? <laughs> you dip out. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I want to suck your dick. What was that? Huh? I want to suck your dick. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. God damn it, I said I want to suck your dick. I'm I'm sorry, it's a connection or something. My wife's next to me. (laughs) Can you hear me now? Shut up, Verizon guy. I cannot hear anything. (laughs) There are some nasty motherfuckers on there. Yeah, I'm just a regular guy that calls a chat to people around the country. That's it. Yeah, I'm Whoa. not nasty at all. I'm not. I'm not one of the nasty ones. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not like I don't. Oh yeah. I don't say nasty shit. I mean, ask anyone in the trunk of my cutlass. Captain, too. Like, are they that stupid? I'm just riding the site, guys. That's a fancy word I heard. Oh man. You know. I love when people like you can usually out yourself as a terrible person by talking about the things that you don't do. You know, like you just see like any serial killer be like, I'm not going around to the bar at night talking to sluts. I don't think it's I hope it's I'm grooming and killing people nicely. Because there's so many of them. I only talk to respectable ladies. I kill the others. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to have conversations with the ones that I murder. Until they're dead and then they can talk proper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new kind of puppet show. <laughs> oh, what? That would probably be so great. <laughs> Animatronics just making the, the corpse heads talk. Oh my gosh. My... <sighs> My sister sent me this article the other day about this man that was digging up corpses and like dressing them and putting them in his basement with him and like giving them the love that they didn't get during their lifetime. Oh, hell yeah. He's setting their spirits free. So they're not ghosts wandering the planet anymore. And, uh, (laughs) When he finally got reported for doing this, his parents were like, we didn't understand. We thought that these were just dolls that he was building (laughs) downstairs. And I was like, well, he lived in your basement. Obviously, (laughs) there was something wrong with this man. Yikes. So did he get charged with necrophilia? Apparently, he was not having sex with them. I don't believe it. Yeah. I think it's just because there are bones and like it's easy to clean the semen off of the bones. No, they were like freshly dead. There was photos. I'm going to find, I'll send it to you. 
He sounds great. That would be the coolest haunted house ever for Halloween. <laughs> you come in, there's just dead dead people moving on the on the wires. Yeah, no, they were like freshly dead. <laughs> and then like when the families found out, because they would go like, you know, oh, it's a month from when we buried our daughter or whatever. And they would go and her grave would be dug up and they'd be like, what the, where's our... Where's our Susie? What part of the country was this in? Uh, It was in Russia. (laughs) That doesn't count. It's it's not not a crime. (laughs) It's not a crime in Russia. Oh man! I was I just didn't understand how someone would have access to like all these fresh graves and get away with it. But you just answered my question. Mm -hmm. It might as well be Mumbai. Oh, is it acceptable in Mumbai? <laughs> I mean, they, the, the cops are the mafia down there. Oh. Do you remember our news story? <laughs> Grinding down teeth with rocks? <laughs> no. They're abusing live people in Mumbai. <laughs> Don't go to India. Have you been to India? I have. How was it? It was interesting. Don't go to India. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't. I went with Russell Peters, oh. who is Indian. So I forget. Yeah, you was five star everything. It was. I've never seen poverty like that in my life. It was like I've never ever seen poverty like that. It was just like you. Have you been? No. Um, have you been? No. It's just it, the housing. Like everything is like. There's obviously so many people on top of each other, and it's so busy. All the apartment buildings uh, have like. You could like, they, some don't even have sides of like walls. There's no wall. Some of them. And there's like people, there's like dozens of people living in, but in every single, no matter how impoverished everything is, they all have satellite dishes so they can watch highlight and soccer. <laughs> and like literally like 20 different people share an apartment or whatever. But yeah, it's like, you see these palaces that are just like, they look like Bugs Bunny cartoon palaces next to people literally rolling around in shit. Yeah, I I hear like the the ghettos in South Africa are pretty awful like that. It's like it looks like a shipyard. It's just just containers that have been converted into houses. You know, I don't know. It makes our tent cities in LA look luxurious. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Weird. Yeah. I don't I don't it's yeah, it's weird. You know that this stuff exists and then you're like, I don't know, do I need to see it firsthand? Do I do I need to have the suffering imprinted on me like that? Right. Was it beneficial? Uh, as far as like grounding myself, as far as appreciation. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I think the older I get, the more appreciative I am of the simplest shit. And it's, it's stuff that I wasn't before, but yeah, my bar for things that I'm happy about is also lower. Just keeps going lower and lower. Like you have like, you, I mean, it's like Letterman a bunch of years ago was talking about when he retired it's like, I'm just full of so much humanity now and so many things just inspire and, and affect me. And I accidentally, I find myself the same way. Like I'll be moved to tears often and it's over stupid shit, <laughs> stupid, like commercials or like a movie or anything or sound manipulation. But yeah, I think it was definitely, I mean, on my journey to on my journey along the way, like I lived in my car for three months here, sucked. It was not you know, like, so after that, it's just like, you can't. I mean, you embrace any sort of appreciation or acceptance. So, yes, it did. Long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but isn't, because I 
and I listen to a lot of audiobooks. One of my audiobooks was talking about how gratitude is one of the best ways to manifest things. 100%. Uh, there was actually uh, Michael J. Fox just had a quote yesterday from the, it was an excerpt from his interview. He was talking about gratitude is sort of like the speaking of hope. It's because if you have gratitude, you have something to look forward to. If you have something to look forward to, it inspires you to focus on what it is you want. Was it, I'm going to spin it negative. Wasn't this the same one where he said he didn't think he was going to live to 80? Yeah, but he, the, the, he was just talking about mortality. He's like, I think more about mortality now at. So that's a different, the headline from there was not what the tone of the interview was. It was actually like gratitude that he's even going to be able to make it close to 80. He's a pretty positive guy. I mean, like, and I've, I mean, everybody who's in comedy has done that, you know, uh, I read a Michael J. Fox book. I was shook. You know, everyone's got jokes about like his problem and that that's easy to do. But it's just like, here's a guy who's positive and upbeat about his reality, which sucks. And I don't know. I always find that inspiring because people who just like have a good attitude with their shitty situation. It's just. Did you happen to see his story arc on Curb? No, I did not. Was it great? He lived above. Uh, Larry when he was staying in New York okay, and uh, yeah, it was, it, they leaned into the Parkinson's pretty well. He Great. said he was clomping around on purpose and he <laughs> shook a soda and gave it to Larry. That's so funny. It was, re- it was really good. And you know, to know that he was in on the joke was also great. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, he's a really funny guy. He's very funny. I don't know, but yeah, I think so. Def- it's definitely interesting when you see people rolling around and shit to not be like, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, especially when it's not at a music festival. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Excuse me. We were talking about something. So did you see the new um, Super Mario Brothers movie? I have not. Okay. Uh, John Leguizamo called them out for not being diversified. Okay. And which was ridiculous because he was not Italian playing an Italian plumber when he did it. Right. But then we went and we watched the movie. (laughs) So Donkey Kong was played by Seth Rogen. Okay. And Donkey Kong's father was played by Fred Armisen. Okay. And I think Keegan-Michael Key was one of two black people in the entire movie, but he played Bowser's like little henchman wizard guy. And I was like, if they had an opportunity to incorporate black performers, the obvious thing would be Donkey Kong's world, right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't, but then like, are they in a no win situation there? A hundred (laughs) percent. There's no way they're going to, there's no way you're going to have an African-American actor play a play a character. That seems like something that Michael Clark Duncan would have done. No problem. I don't actually, I don't know who that is. Oh, he was green mile. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand. And, but it's just like, there's, it's just absolutely no world where, I mean, it's crazy. I I wouldn't have any comment on that (laughs) anywhere. Nope. No, but it's just like, it's weird to see gorillas played by Jewish men. Well, okay. So I'll tell a story from a set I was on and, uh, it's all about words meaning nothing and whatever. So I'm on this, I'm on the set of a television show and we're in the woods. Now we're 
I'm in the I'm in the trailer, so I've got the director in front of me, the director in front of me, the showrunner, um, the script person next to me, the person running the sound because we're out in a field. Next to us is the trailer for the the company that's that's sponsoring it because now in television they have corporate sponsors in addition to production and to breakdown. So now it's going to be be even more. So so we have a a, a beverage uh, we have a beverage sponsor on this show. Uh, then you have the production company's trailer. Then you have network. The host of the show is uh, British. Okay. So their language, the British language, have different slang than America. Uh-huh. Okay. The other host was, uh, it was an African-American kid. It was a black kid from Chicago. Okay. <laughs> uh, Chicago seems to be the place today. And so I'm in the trailer. The gentleman I work with is uh, the other two writers I work with are black dudes. And they're, we're all writing for both hosts. The host comes out and says, hey, other host, I want you to monkey crawl from point A to point B. And he literally meant just crawl. Mm-hmm. And in England, it's like a chimpanzee. And in England, it's called monkey crawl. But in the U.S., making reference to a black person. So on my headset... So, so the one host was completely unaware that he was offended. He wasn't offended by it at all because the guy was British. He was like, monkey girl, I'll do it. Both black writers are like, don't you do it. Don't you dare do it. And then network ran in and they were like, we're not using this. And then the beverage company ran in. They're like, that is cut. Cut now. And then afterwards, they were Boca talking. Rolla was upset. Everybody was bummed. And then the host was like, what are you talking about? That's what it's called. And it was just never, but it just to watch everyone implode because they're like, oh, our whole set is being shut down because it was silly. Way Too Soon by J. Chris Newberg on YouTube is exceptional, says Rolling Stone magazine. Incredible, says Bob Woodward. I told that boy a new asshole when I got through with God, him. God, he's on here a lot today. In that damn cement. And I never forget, my gang was all around me while I was stomping that nigga head in. They were trying to stop me, but I couldn't be stopped. I was still stomping that head in. Oh, when he first started and said he tore somebody a new asshole, I was thinking Verbally. it was the roughest day sex. Real violent. He's talking about real violence. I'm gonna march him out and nigger from the south. That's why I went to jail for a violence, Oh, he stomped someone's. He curb stomped somebody to jail. Nigger Walker. Then they couldn't. Then they couldn't live down here in the line. Well, speaking of things to be grateful for, not getting curb stomped. I find it interesting that he wasn't referred in jail enough to not want to brag about the situation. It doesn't sound like he's... I don't know that he's bragging, though. That nigga say ain't no killers down here. Bust stop, bro. You want to be humble brag? I wonder if... Atlanta... The chat line would be considered a parole violation for talking to other known criminals. You cannot associate with other known criminals. You goddamn hillbilly hypocrite of a pervert nigga.
We know gummies on house arrest. He admitted it. pedophile bitch. They gonna hang your ass too, you pedophile motherfucker. You you fucking hillbilly niggers from the south. They go put. Yeah, oh, these guys are in a fight. Yeah. Okay. You guys are all faggots down there in Atlanta, yeah. Georgia. Yeah, they might. Yeah, they like might find that motherfucker. They might find that motherfucker in the river, in the goddamn grave, or in the goddamn creek somewhere. But they, they are giving each other space to respond. So it I is courteous. God, got gone. God really had it out for you. He made you black and gay. Wow. Got me fucked up here, Billy. Y'all were gay. Over there with goddamn Fuckin George Washington and Abraham Lincoln wearing them goddamn wigs. And and shit. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln didn't wear any wigs. How the hell they put a gay ass president on mine? And them niggas were gay back in that time. 19 to 1800s, they were gay. I mean, it's like listening to the highlights of some of the best episodes of the actor's studio. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that George Washington was alive in the 18 and 1900s. That's some revisionist history. I. It's just, I, I don't know. I, just, I wonder if Martha knew that he was gay. Well, he had a ponytail. And wore wigs. Yeah. He went camping with all of his all of his buds. He had some pretty clean knee socks on when he was on that boat. <laughs> they boated across the river together in the snow. Mm-hmm. What were they doing? And he had on a he had on a pretty sassy, fantastic <laughs> mohair coat. Um all right, well, when you put it that way, maybe he was just very metro. Metro presidential. Yeah. <laughs> Remember to follow us on socials on Instagram at Phone Freaks Podcast, Facebook.com forward slash Phone Freaks Podcast, and on TikTok, it's just Phone Freaks. Is that lame? Shit, yeah. Oh.